This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And welcome once again, boys and girls, to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Pat on Fin Network. I know you heard the little can opening. I'll be honest with you, it's not a beer. I'm drinking sparkling water. The reason for that is I... um. I had a severe case of allergies since I got back from vacation, and man, it's, it's this spring is allergies have been out of whack. So I really shouldn't mix medication, especially when it comes to allergies with alcohol. So you know, I got the little sparkling water. Hope the little cracking open of that is suffice uh, for you all. So, anyways, got a great episode for you today. Um, I got Brandon. Uh, from the Dust Off Fishing, uh, one of my favorite content creators, one of my favorite Instagrams account. Um, and I'm really proud to have him come up to the show. I'm a big fan of what he does. Um, he does uh, uh, great service for the community. And, and um, it's an honor to have him on the podcast. And we'll be talking a lot about that. Um, and talking about his brand, Dust Off Fishing, if you haven't uh heard of uh brandon and dostoff fishing you can find him on instagram later in in our show he'll tell you where else you can find him but great great um content creation great account in instagram if you're in instagram go follow him go support him again you won't be disappointed a lot of great stuff not just bass fishing other than that uh as for me i just got back from vacation um like i said i'm dealing with some allergies but nothing that's gonna kill me gotta move forward um really struggling to find bass. When I left for vacation, water temperatures were in the low 50s. When I got back, they were in the 70s. It was like, good Lord, in a week, it jumped up that much, at least the lakes that I was fishing. So that had me confused. I haven't even found bass in pre-fishing. I got a tournament in Lake Whitney, the North Texas Kayak Fishing championship uh it's run by duke tram for mariner sales so if you live in the dallas forward area or you know just finding a, a tournament trail that you want to check out go check out north texas kayak championship and again that it will be in lake whitney 
this weekend. By the time you listen to this, I've already taken part of it, probably skunked and gave my winnings to somebody else. But maybe I'll find a fish. I am not very good at Lake Whitney. I fished Lake Whitney. Uh, never fished it as a tournament. I fished it recreationally, and I can't. I mean, I found a fish, but nothing that I thought this would win me a tournament. It's a very tough lake. I've looked at the history of other tournaments, and I haven't won a, I haven't seen like a 90-plus back to win a tournament. So it, it is a tough lake. One of the reasons why I wanted to fish it is because I got in May the Hobie BOS at Broken Bow. And Lake Windy, I've never been to Broken Bow. But from what I've, the research I've done, Broken Bow sets up a lot like Lake Whitney. Um, it's going to be different times of year, though. So we'll see how that plays out. But I kind of want to get familiar with that type of lake. I am not very good at clear water lakes um, that have, you know, rocky ledges and no grass. And that is pretty much what you have with Lake Whitney and Broken Bow. You're not going to find grass anywhere. Um, it's just going to be kind of clear water. Uh, depending on where you fish and uh, yeah so hopefully that'll give me a little bit more confidence going to broken bone who knows maybe i'll get a w or catch a check but anyways um before we go into my next guest again uh, brandon from dust off fishing big thank you to my sponsor go check him out douglasoutdoors.com find out what is your favorite rod from douglas they got the lrs and the x matrix and they got a wood winning fly fishing rod. So go check him out, douglasoutdoors.com. We'll go to a few commercials for waypoints, and then we'll be right back with Brandon. Mr. Brandon from Dust Off Fishing. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. And, uh, hey, you're going to catch fish at that Lake Whitney. I just know it. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Man, it is um, – one of the times that I went – I saw a huge, I mean, a huge bass. It's really clear water. It's right in front of me. And he's targeting this shad that are into a brush that kind of has been, you know, uh, laid out, lay down brush, right? So, so half the brush is on the water. And they're only in a little bowl finding, you know, um, a shelter in that brush. And that bass was just like sitting there watching them come in and out and try and target them. It must have been... A seven or eight pounder. So one of the biggest bass I've ever seen, man. And I tried. I was so nervous. I tried casting him. I probably spooked him. I even, I even cast right at the at the um, at the brush and got hung up. And then I cut off my line. I left my lure there because I'm like, if I go chasing, I'm gonna, but still couldn't catch it. But we'll see. We'll have fun, man. It's a beautiful lake, though. You ever went to Lake Whitney? No. You ever fish out of uh, Missouri? You live in Missouri, uh, right, Brandon? I, I do, yeah. Do you fish a lot out of uh, Missouri? Like every twice, three times, four times, five times a week. Just depends. Yeah, I fish a lot. Oh, really? Oh, oh so outside of Missouri, you fish a lot. Yeah, yeah so um, uh, for your audience, I'm, I'm active duty military and I spent a lot of time temporary duty at other places assigned. And so this year I've spent a, an exceptional amount of time away from my, my home, which is in Missouri. And uh, I spent six weeks in Alabama in October and I spent six weeks in Arizona in May. And I am now currently in Pennsylvania 
spending another six weeks here. So I have, um, I have a lot of free time ish, you know, like when the evenings are, are open and I don't have a family here. So, you know, I spend a lot of time packing the kayak up and, and going, uh, going and exploring new and fun things. That's awesome. Um, first of all, thank you for, for the service you do for the provide for the community. Um, I appreciate we all always appreciate that. Um, like you said, it takes you a lot, a lot of time away from your family, right? I'm assuming going up and down different being different states at different times. I would say that um, I, so I have 21 years in the army and I would say probably if you totaled up all the time that I spent on deployments and at schools and, you know, just out and about traveling for work, I'd say probably five of those years have been away from home. So about a quarter of my, my military career has been spent elsewhere. Wow. Do you have immediate family with you, uh, married kids or? Yeah. So I have a 12 year old daughter named Chloe and my wife, Andrea, I've been married to her since 2006. So we're going on our 16th anniversary, which is actually, um, in two weeks from today. Congratulations. Any plans? Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to be in Pennsylvania and she's going to be in Missouri. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry so I, I, I plan, I plan on Amazoning or some some presents or something. I got to oh, you make up when you go back. Um so Pennsylvania got a chance to fish the Susquehanna by any chance? Yeah, so if you check my page out, I have spent the last 2 days uh fishing the Susquehanna and absolutely am in love with that fishery. I I cannot tell you how amazing uh, the smallmouth bass are in that in that uh, river. They are built different. I I caught so yesterday I went fishing and I caught uh, an eighteen and a half inch smallmouth that uh, weighed in just over three and a half pounds, and oh. uh, it it uh, I caught that one on a Spro RK fifty in a in a crawdad pattern. I think it's called Red Bug. I also caught a 17-inch smallmouth on a Exxon um, Lures purple tube jig. And I also caught a 13, 13 and a half that was that was super super fat on a um, on a Spro Little John uh, crankbait. So crankbaits were working yesterday. That river is super quick. So you kind of in a kayak, it's a little challenging, especially if you don't have power to stay um in advantageous spots but if you can find some slack water you can find some current seams maybe some eddies uh you can really do some damage in that place and i have i have not caught a fish out of there that was smaller than you know 13 inches and and uh and they're just gorgeous and they're built like trucks so very much enjoyed that yeah the reputation for susquehanna is kind of legendary when it comes to the the fight that those smallmouth have um are you going to be there for the hobie bios tournament i think it's july 30th to 31st no sir i head home may 1st so oh. um 
what's kind of funny or interesting about this whole trip is um I was a little bummed if I'm being honest, because the spawn in Missouri is about mid April. And so I was going to miss the spawn. And then the spawn here is probably not going to start till about early to mid May. So I'm basically missing two spawns (laughs) uh, at the the same time. So I was a little bummed about that because I thought I'd come here and it would still be kind of like winter fishing uh, tough. Uh, kind of a grind which it kind of has been in some instances but uh, for the most part it's been surprisingly good Uh, the water temps yesterday on the Susquehanna were 47 uh, 48 around there Uh, I fished in Maryland last weekend water temps there were 53 to 59 that was a little more spawny if you will than than here but um but considering the fact the, that the proximity to a, a world-renowned legendary smallmouth fishery is 20 minutes from where I'm currently sitting, I have no complaints. Yeah, no, 20 minutes to the Susquehanna is not bad at all. Um, wh- how do you – now, you obviously have been deployed different times and at different places. How do you – do you, like, you know, trail your kayak to whatever your new – you know, destination is going to be for the foreseeable time. Would you rent, would you buy a kayak there what, and sell and buy another one when you get moved, relocated? Yeah. Well, a couple things. Um, the army will pay for you to fly someplace and rent a car or they'll pay for you to drive. But when they pay for you to drive, it's not really worth it because they pay you about yeah. 58 cents a mile, which, you know, gas prices are what they are. And I drive a truck, yeah. but um, I decide to drive because I want to be able to take my personal kayak with me. So um, what I end up doing is, I mean, I pack up, you know, two tough boxes worth of tackle and 10 rods and a kayak and a kayak cart. And uh, I take that with me where I'm going. So uh, there is one exception. When I went to Alabama previously, I had a Jackson bite kayak that had some, uh, had some warranty damage to it. So I sent it in to get it, um, get a new one. And I didn't have a kayak when I was going to Alabama, but eco fishing shop, which is a, a nationwide kayak retailer that I am affiliated with, um, on their pro staff and they, they um they're a really great company anyway they they gave me a loaner kayak for that trip so i took a van hunks pike uh down to alabama and fished out of it for for six weeks but uh currently where i am i have two kayaks i have a new canoe unlimited 12 foot six with a bow mounted xi3 on it that i left at home and then i brought an old town top uh sportsman uh pdl 106 uh, pedal kayak here and i only reason i brought that one instead of the new canoe is it's just smaller it's just easier to kind of get in and out of tough spots i knew i was going to be doing a yeah. lot of uh exploring and i wanted to be able to you know have that flexibility of having that pedal drive and, and maybe fishing some skinnier water so yeah you kind of like got something that suits to the area where you were fishing of all the places that you've been deployed and had uh gone kayak fishing all that what would you say is your favorite lake i'm interested to know since you fished so many places right well i'm gonna exclude the ones where i live uh okay. just 
because I feel like that's that's appropriate. But um, my favorite all time fishing experience happened on Mitchell Lake uh, at the Mitchell Lake Dam in Alabama. And I say that because uh, where I where I live, uh, you know, I don't I don't have a lot. There are stripers where I live, but they're they're not close to me. And I, and I have never, I had never caught one before, but at that particular dam, there are stripers, uh, everywhere. And I, I was throwing an A-rig, which I don't know if you've ever thrown an A-rig, but in Alabama, you can yep. throw five hooks on an A-rig, which is, uh, awesome. In Missouri, it's only three hooks. So, uh, I was throwing an A-rig on that dam almost every cast catching, a, you know, five to 15 pound striper, uh, <laughs> one after another like my arm was hurting i was catching so many stripers so or hybrids you know so uh that was pro and i caught a four and a half pound spot there that uh you know i just i've never caught a spot that big so i just can't for the for the the experience i can't beat that but the susquehanna i mean it has a potential if it keeps fishing like it it has been to be the the number one draft pick here so We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, any other places that merit uh, an honorable mention? Um, so I fished a place called the Chester River in Maryland last weekend that uh, I, uh, I absolutely had a blast fishing that fishery. It has pickerel. It has crappie. It has uh, largemouth bass. And, uh, I think I caught, you know, uh, for this time of year, catching 20 fish is, is kind of rare at the water temps, but I caught, I caught, uh, I think I caught somewhere around 15 bass, four crappie, two pickerel and, uh, nice. all, almost all of them on a jig, about five of them on a jerk bait. And I, I don't know how you feel about jig fishing, but if I can, if I love a jig bite because I love just absolutely the the viciousness of a hook set on a jig where it's all you got. It's almost like punching, you know, it's everything you got in one spot and just thunk at the end of it. So I really enjoyed that. I, I had a, a good time there too. I have probably one thing and one thing in common with B-Lat, Brian Latimer. <laughs> and that is that we both hate uh, fishing with jigs. Not that we hate, it's just that we're not good at it. Like I, <laughs> I can't get a jig bite to save my life. And I've had tons of jigs, and I've tried it. Trust me, I tried it, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, now, I'll put a bullet weight on it, same trailer, um, and a Texas uh, Texas rig hook, and I'll catch the crap out of it. But for whatever reason, I don't know. I've tried flipping jigs. i tried football jigs, and I've watched all the videos, read all the blogs, and I still, for the life of me, can't get it. I think I've gotten, like, maybe one or two bites on a jig um, that I can remember. And I honest to God, I've tried it. And I agree with you. It's a great, it's a great bite. Like when you do get a jig bite, I can see why everybody loves it. But for whatever reason, I just, I don't know why. I, just, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm still working on it. Usually I'll just well, do a bullet. I think bait. part of it is, I think part of it is who you fish with and where you fish. And how, and, and I know that's probably the same thing with every, every technique there is, but you know, 
Um, I, in the army, we have this thing called primacy. And primacy is basically the overlaying of, of information on something you learned first. So the reason that I like fishing with a jig mostly is because when I was relatively new to fishing, I fished with people that like to fish with jigs. And I watched what they did and I learned how to skip a jig and I knew where the spots were to catch them. And I knew, I knew specifically one of the, re one of the reasons I caught a bunch of fish last weekend was because the bite was super slow. So I just started hitting grass. And what I would do is I would flip into the grass. I'd drag it six inches to the, where the grass ended. I'd let the jig fall. I'd give it two pops. If I didn't catch a fish by then, I'd reel it back in and I'd do it again. And I probably did that hundreds of times you know and it's just a it's just a probability thing at that point it's like at some point you're going to put a jig in front of a fish's face and they're going to eat it and yep. so it's kind of like i call it the kevin van dam approach it's just work fast work quick cover water and catch fish and so sometimes that works in the winter time sometimes you have to let a jig drag and sit in front of a fish's face and you got to work football jigs off points and so it's really all about just getting comfortable with an application and, and having confidence in a bait. And if, if Texas rig is your confidence over jig to me, they're probably going to catch the same fish. So just fish what you're comfortable with and, and what you feel uh, confident in. And, and it took me a long time. Like I, it's kind of like glide baits. You, you have to commit, you have to basically yeah. just take a box of jigs out with you. That's all you have. Yep, and just fish with it. Same with glide baits. If you want to get better glide baits, you know, because you're not going to get a bite instantly. It, it may take 100, 200, 300 casts. But I've always had people say, I'm looking for the right bite. And and you just need five of the right bites. You don't need 50 fish, especially in tournaments. And so yep. if you feel like the conditions merit a jig, jigs get big bites a lot of the time. If the conditions merit it, like the guy who just won the Bassmaster Classic, he won that tournament on a Jujigsu jig from War Eagle with the with the standard, you know, net bait craw or whatever on, as a trailer. So nothing fancy, nothing great. He just, you know, caught big fish on that jig. So if you think the conditions are right and you have confidence in it, then just fish with it. But if you don't, it's not going to do you any good because you're just going to get, you're going to give it like five or 10 casts and you go, Nope, this isn't working. You're going to put it away and you're going to fish with what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the things and I always a big proponent on that. If, if you want to learn something, find the right conditions time of year that that bait should work and just take that bait with you, nothing else and just work on it. Um, obviously if you're not going to throw, like if you're not, if somebody is not, comfortable with a jerk bait don't throw in the middle of summer because you're probably not going to get any bites throw where it's going to work um and same thing with uh frog bite you're not going to throw frog bite in the dead of winter because it's not going to work um but once you do get into the conditions okay this should be ideal for that let me just go ahead and try it and yeah you're right i mean i've for whatever reason i've I just struggled with it um but you know hopefully it'll it'll come a time where it'll be a strength and not a weakness Moving on from other stuff, Brandon, I wanted to ask you, I know um, you you served uh, in the military uh, for 21 years, you mentioned, right? Uh-huh. And uh, you, you currently you're a helicopter pilot, correct? That's correct. You've been de deployed a couple of times? Yes, sir. 
what does kayak fishing mean to you when it comes to kind of like relaxing um, in, in, you know, from the hecticness of being on the military and being deployed? And what advice do you have to anybody that, um, uh, that has experienced, that ex has to deal with that? I just think that if people are struggling with uh, PTSD or issues, you know, there are multiple ways to cope, if you will, with those problems in a constructive manner. You don't necessarily want to have destructive tendencies when you're dealing with those problems. So uh, the thing that kayak fishing does for me, and I think you can probably uh, agree with this, is that you can go places in kayaks that you can't go in regular sized boats and oh, yeah. you can spend days on the water not seeing a single person yep. and there are days like that that that's all i want to do is just be on the water alone with my own thoughts and just trying to you know work through i think subconsciously work through your issues while you're fishing but consciously you're trying to catch fish but at the end of the day you, you find yourself feeling a little more accomplished and a little more uh at peace. So, uh, yeah, I've dealt with PTSD. I've had issues with that in the past. Um, if you have problems with PTSD and fishing or weightlifting or hunting or whatever it is that you do to, to deal with those problems doesn't help. It's okay to go talk to people. You know, I've talked to people, uh, professional people about my issues and, and, uh, you know, you're not a weak person because you have to go mm -hmm. find, uh, therapy or help, uh, to, to work through stuff really it's kind of like fishing with a professional you can go out and you can fish and you can not catch fish and you can flounder around or you can have a professional show you how to how to fish and how to catch fish and then when you leave that person you have more tools in your toolbox uh to to deal with those issues so uh but yeah i, I think fishing definitely gives me an outlet to kind of cope with and deal with the with the everyday stress that, that we all kind of feel on a regular basis. That's a great analogy and comparison, right? Once you mentioned, if you want to learn to kayak fish, then you go to a profession. If you want to learn how to deal with certain issues and it, that applies to everyone, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody that's a veteran or has um, been involved in deployment in the armed forces, but come, could be somebody that has had gone through a tragic event in their lives. Um, or suffers maybe from um, emotional or mental uh, disabilities that, um, you know, uh, may be triggered. But again, same thing, finding kayak fishing is, it's a good mixture of, I think, relaxation. Like you mentioned, you can be out in the water, be with no one and just be with your thoughts and kind of give your time to give yourself time to clear your mind. But at the same time, or in order to catch a fish, it seems like it needs a lot of um, focus, right? Trying to figure out the bite. And once you figure it out, then, you know, you, you, you're catching fish. And that just gives your mind, uh, um, you know, kind of something constructive, like you just mentioned, not destructive, something constructive uh, uh, and, and distracting at the same time from some other issues. And again, I'm not a professional about it, but I think that's plenty that's one of the things that I think we can all agree on when it comes to kayak fishing, just the nature of just being out there on the water, being calm and just the focus of trying to catch fish helps a lot of people. Um, and again, we, you know, we thank you for, for the sacrifices you've done 
um, for the community in order to sell for you. I know it's both for you and uh, for a lot of people, it, there's a price that comes with it. And I think we should all honor that and do our best we can to support um, uh, in whatever way we can support those that have supported the community in the past. Um, you, I noticed on your Instagram account, you are involved with some veterans um, programs related to fishing. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what role do you play in what are these organizations or programs built for? So a friend of mine uh, named John Morris, who is Morris Fly Company, had kind of shown me a veterans uh, charity called Rifles to Rods, which is basically a non-for-profit that takes people that have that are vets and they they take them fishing and they you know do all the things rods tackle guides locations boats and so uh, i was a little inspired by that and a friend reached out to me from uh, kingdom crappie lures and he asked me if i'd be willing to support him in a uh, you know a, a partnership to to bring some money to a veterans charity so uh, we put together a post and uh, um, an auction, basically, and you can bid on these crappie lures. In fact, I think you can still bid on them till the end of April. And they, 100% of the profits go to Rifles to Rods. I also support Veterans Fishing. A guy named Matthew runs that page, and he's a great guy, and he gives a lot of money to uh, various veterans charities. And a lot of his, um, he sells merchandise and he does uh, raffles and stuff like that. And it basically goes to veterans charities like uh, rifles to rods, wounded warriors, stuff like that, that, that uh, we can all kind of get behind. And I'm always, I'm always kind of looking to help out vets. There's a guy uh, that's running a giveaway right now. That's specifically um, for a veteran nominated winner. I actually won a kayak through the veterans charity raffle that I redonated to another vet, which, um, you know, is only possible because, you know, companies like Eco Fishing Shop sponsor me and put me in a kayak and, you know, I'm lucky enough to not need that. And so, you know, you can only have so many kayaks, you know, uh, you want to give back to people. So, um, and if anybody's listening to this and they, they want to do something for a veterans charity, they have any uh, agendas or anything that they think they might want to uh, want my help with, I'm most certainly open to that as well. So I, I will probably be more involved on a, on a full-time basis with something veteran related as I transition from the military into retirement. But as you know, being a father and a husband and a fisherman and a pilot and you know, all those things take time. And so we don't want to sacrifice time with our, our loved ones too much no. for, for those other things. But but I, I certainly help where I can and when I can, as much as I can. Of course. And uh, segue into that, um, if you said people can reach you and, and, and you can point them the right direction if they want to help um, any of these organizations. Let's talk a little bit about your um, social media account, your Instagram account. Other than Instagram, which is dustoff underscore fishing, what other social media venues do you have that people can reach out to you? I have a TikTok and a YouTube, and both are dustoff fishing. I think just regular dustoff 
space fishing on YouTube and then dust off underscore fishing on TikTok. But the YouTube is uh, something that I started this year. We're up to a little over 300 subs, which is not, you know, a ton, but um, YouTube takes a lot more time than yeah. I mean, it, it, it takes. It takes a, a lot more time on the back end than it yeah. does Instagram. And so what I found is, is, you know, editing videos and finding your kind of niche in that has been a little more difficult for me than I, than I care to admit. And, and, you know, we always grow in those things. So, uh, I had a goal this year of putting out one a week. I think I'm probably going to reconsider that goal. And, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and try to do one a month. I've got like an archive of like 40 fishing trips that I have yet to, to publish. So, you know, if I could give anybody any advice on any of the social media stuff is that, you know, give yourself some slack. Like yeah. don't take it so seriously. I, I've spent inordinate amounts of time liking, commenting, posting, fishing, taking videos, editing. And don't get me wrong. It, you know, it, it pays off, but because you miss a day or you miss a week or you didn't get a video out when you like it, it should be fun. So yeah. if it's, Fun, you know, find a way to make it fun. Otherwise, don't do it because we don't want things in our lives that don't enhance our lives. And if it's not enhancing your life because you feel stress or pressure, just give yourself some slack and put the video out when you feel like it. Yeah, I agree. You have to enjoy it. I've gone through the same thing creating um, content for YouTube. And it, first of all, the fish has to cooperate. Otherwise, it's just a 10-minute video of you casting into trees or getting snagged and all that, at least in my case. Um, but yeah, man, the, the back end of it, just editing and, you know, trying to put your personality into how you edit in, it takes a lot of work. And so I've, I've found, I have a lot more respect for content creators than I than I did when I started this, because it's, it's, it's not as easy as people think it is. I mean, there's a lot of editing involved in and if you want to do it right, you know, and if you want to put your own stamp on it and not just do the generic um, stuff that everybody does, then to stand out, it's even harder. Um, but going into your Instagram account, how did the, and, and all the, all your social media, honestly, how did the name Dust Off Fishing come up? Yeah, so um, one of my deployments to Afghanistan was with a, with a medical evacuation uh, company. And the call sign for that uh, mission set is dust off. So anywhere you go in the world, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, anywhere United States army medical evacuation are in helicopters, their call sign is dust off. So a lot of people think dust off is like my name, dusty or Dustin or whatever, but, but it really has historical roots in, in Korea and in Vietnam. And uh, basically like dust off is, is, was was coined at those at those at those points in time. So um, I had toyed around with some names: Brandon Official Fishing, Brandon Fishing. You know, none of it really caught. Uh, I picked that out, and I had a friend of mine just tell me, like, "Yeah, that's what it is. It just needs to be that." And so, and like you know, just like anything, bass, kayak, beers, you know, like that. Yeah, that kind of just solidifies in people's brain cavities, and then it just is who you are. So there is no going back, you know, I guess you could, but, but I've spent money on 
you know, just like you have uh, logos and t-shirts and merchandise and stickers and, you know, getting that brand out there and getting support behind it. So once it's there, it's there and it's just kind of stuck. And, and to be honest with you, that was my favorite deployment. It was my favorite mission. I think there's nothing more honorable than helping people that need help at their most critical times. So I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for medics, uh, especially because I, our medics have put their hands in places that nobody wants to put their hands and, and they, <laughs> yeah. needles places. Nobody wants to stick needles and, and they've smelled and seen things that nobody wants to smell and see. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it came about and kind of stuck. Kind of like the unsung heroes in a way, you know, um, just trying to help the ones that have been affected and wounded and, and it's, it's you know it kind of it's a, I, I'm sure it's an assignment that often gets overlooked, but it's just as bit as important as any other assignment, um, in you know in the in the armed forces community. So uh, I'm sure you're pretty proud of what you've done there, and it reflects on on your um, on your Instagram. I love on your stories when you put you in the. I think sometimes you'll post a view a picture of you in the helicopter stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. Um, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about your um, social media, that it reflects not just fishing, but who you are and what fishing means to you. Um, and honestly, something you should be proud of, uh, regardless. I mean, I know you have over 12,000 followers and some people that might be a lot for some people that may be uh, not that big of impressive. Regardless, you should be proud of what you're doing and the... Um, and the quality of your content. Um, what made you decide that you wanted to start doing that and branch out into just your favorite hobby, your favorite pastime, into putting it into um, social media? So my wife had started a like a like a home decor type of Instagram at one point, and she had kind of gotten in her head that she wanted to become an influencer and, and do that sort of thing, and. And I had never really thought about that at the time, but as I was posting and I, as I was getting more into fishing, I was posting fishing on like my personal page, which is private. Um, I was finding that, you know, like people didn't care, honestly, like <laughs> I caught a five pound bass, you know, everything's great to her. So um, I wanted to find a way to engage with people that was more meaningful in a, in a sport and a passion that I was trying to grow and improve in and, and Instagram to its credit has really taken, um, taken me to some places and some people that have taught me and shown me more things than I would ever have known had I had to try to figure these things out on my, out on my own. So, uh, so anyway, I, I created a public page and then I kind of found a way, um, I, I kind of came up with a method or a, or a strategy to build my page and my brand. And as I did that, I started being, you know, seeing and, and being reached out to for um, partnership opportunities and, and, and monetary compensation and things like that. And so, um, and I'm the kind of person that once I've kind of, you know, dedicated myself to something I can't I always tell people I don't think do things half ass I do them whole ass mm -hmm. so uh, I just I really just kind of I, I had a goal of 10k that was the goal um, 
unimaginably I, I reached that goal, which I always tell people nobody nobody follows uh it's hard as a as just an average guy who lives in the Midwest, who's not famous, who's not a professional and to get ten thousand followers. You really have to work mm-hmm. uh to do that. And so I, I get it. Like not everybody that follows me is a real person or cares or you know, but I, I really take pride in my engagement numbers, how many comments I have, how many likes I have, but those are directly reflecting on how much I engage with other people's pages. And so I, I you know, I found that if you want, and I have a five tips to grow your Instagram on my YouTube page, it was a super quick video I did, but you know, if you want more engagement, be more engaged. You want more follows, more people you want, uh, you want to grow your brand, you have to be consistent and you have to post daily and you have to figure out when the best time to post is. And there's, there's secrets and keys to all of that. But if you're just a guy who wants to post pictures of your fish once a week, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you want to grow to 12,000, you got to post twice a day. You got to take pictures. You got to be the weird guy at the event. That yeah. Videoing <laughs> like the high five, you know, like, you got to sit here. I'm sitting in a room <laughs> with a guy that's in my class. I'm here for a, a Blackhawk course on a podcast with you. And that's probably weird to most people, but you know, it's closer to the, the Wi-Fi puck. So I said, Hey man, can I do this in your room? And here we are. So, you know, you just got to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. You know, and, and if, if you, if you want this to be, everything it can be, then you have to dedicate and you have to change your mentality about what, what you're doing when you're doing it. You have to be the guy who has just as much camera equipment as he has tackle when he goes on a boat. Yep. So once you commit and dedicate to that, and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you just have to figure out what your flavor is, if you will, what you like. I, you were talking about, um, content that you liked and, and, and noticing how well people do things. So there's this girl that I follow. Her name's Lindsay's. I'm going to butcher this name. It's like Skolakowski or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she did a reel today and it was about cleaning her fishing bibs after a long winter season, but it was a very well constructed, very well put together. I know it took a lot of work kind of thing. And and I, and I just told her, I said, look, DSG is lucky to have you because I know how hard you worked at this and how talented you are to have to put this together. And I commented that on her post, you know, and that probably made her day. I don't know if it did or didn't, but if you can genuinely just look at somebody's product and you are appreciative of it, just tell them because it, it doesn't take it to be nice to people. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and I, and that's very true. And I think it 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 motivates all of us as a content creative, mainly just podcast. I feed off of what my listeners tell me. You know, if my listeners reach into my DM and say, "Hey, you know what? We love what you're doing. Uh, or love this episode. I love this conversation." I mean, that's motivation. That's fuel for me to keep going. Even 
when it's constructive, constructive criticism, like the last few episodes, I didn't notice my audio was really low. And then a couple of people messaged me like, hey, man, yeah, we love your episode, but your audio is really low and your guest audio is really high. I'm like, you know, and I thanked them like, dude, that, that's awesome. They <laughs> told me that because I didn't even notice that because for the most part, I don't have time to listen to my podcast once I finish recording, editing it. And the way it sounds on my editing studio, uh, for whatever reason, it comes out very different when it gets posted um, on the podcast platform. I don't know why, but it does happen. Um, so going back to what you're saying, it's 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 nice when people you know value what you're doing. It kind of gives you a little bit of fuel for the fire and motivation to keep going, knowing that you make a difference um, in somebody's people fishing. You know. Uh, experience, I, I am I agree completely with what you're saying. Being comfortable in your skin, I'm one that kind of like struggled with that at the beginning because when you're out on the lake, or you got people watching you, you not that you're not gonna be genuine about it. Like, I don't think you should. I don't. I wouldn't encourage anybody to make this fake identity or fake personality just to entertain people. Your personality is what your personality is and what that's what it should transmit in your social media. But sometimes being excited about something that ordinarily when you have a, you know, you're grabbing your phone, you're taking selfies, you, and you're taking video selfies of you and all that, or have cameras pointing at you like your GoPro. And then there's people around, there's kind of like an audience around because you're fishing in a popular area. You get like, I for one get shy, you know, that I don't, you know, that people look at me like, oh, what is this weirdo? Oh, he's one of those. But you have to be comfortable in your skin. You have to, you know, do kind of noise cancellation, be yourself in front of the camera. It doesn't matter what other people, onlookers are doing. Just do what you want to do and love it and, and share it. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I for one struggle with that at the beginning. Just kind of like, what are people wondering about me? If I'm recording a solo conversation, you know, while I'm walking to the ramp on my GoPro, you know, but it's, it's interesting. Now you've, you, when did you start it doing the whole, whole social media thing? When did that begin? As far as Instagram or whatever your first social no, media account was? November 6th, 2020. Oh, so it hasn't been that long. Are you already at 12,000 followers? That's a, that's a big accomplishment, man. <laughs> I mean, that's hours, hours, yeah. man. But yeah, I appreciate that. What? Um, how do you? Let me ask you this: because I'm very impressed in with your pictures. Do you have somebody with you that takes these pictures, or is this just you by yourself editing the pictures? Because you have some nice quality, nice color in your pictures. Um, good angles, creative angles. Um, is it? Is that just you, or do you have some help with it? I have uh, a friend of mine at home. We we basically create content for one another when we fish. Whenever I'm fishing with somebody, um, and like I said, you kind of got to be weird a little bit. But like if yeah. you like, put this in portrait mode, put this down here, move it down a little bit, you know, you kind of have an eye for what angles work. One of the biggest things I will tell people is like, yes, take good pictures, but one, have a good phone that you know, if you can afford it. And then two, have an editing process. Now, I personally, I use Lightroom a lot, which is by Adobe. And I paid for some uh, presets 
that early on, long time ago, that I use quite a bit, and that you know shrinks the amount of time that I have to adjust, you know, lighting and, and things. But a free app that you guys can use that that works really good is a uh, uh, Photoshop Express by Adobe. They have some pretty good filters that are that are free, and they come with the app. And so, um, you know, it's kind of a combination. Uh, I do, I do the camera to take some pictures on my own but especially in a kayak that's really hard to do so ryan uh which is at the dot real dot yak dot dragger is a good friend of mine and he takes a lot of really great pictures and, and i and i appreciate him so very much for doing that yeah definitely man like i said you have great content for those out there listen if you haven't gotten the message by now go follow up branding and at dust off fishing <laughs> well as far as um Going beyond content, um, do you do competitive kayak fishing? Have you done it? Are you interested in it? Would you like to do it if you haven't done it? So this is my first year uh, completely 100%. So I'm on Eco Fishing's pro staff team. I have a partner, Ryan, the guy I just talked about, is my teammate. We're going to be fishing five events in the Missouri uh, Moyak KBF Tournament Trail Series this year. So my goal is a top 10 team and at least one top five individual uh here and if to if this year works out well then uh, we'll look at all american kayak series next year yeah that's a very good one especially that they're situated they're mostly centered out of missouri or that area um they did bring a a trail here to lake palestine unfortunately i couldn't make that one i was really looking into trying to get into the end of the year race but a lot of the lakes for me would just wait a little bit too far for more like 10, 12 hour drives. So that was kind of puts it out of my uh, uh, schedule. But yeah, All American Kayak Series is another national trail that's growing and uh, we wish them the best. I know they have a lot of tournaments down there in Missouri. I've been, I haven't been to Missouri. I fished the Ozarks on the um, Arkansas area. But uh, tell us a little bit about Missouri. What, where, where in Missouri do you usually fish, and what can people look for when they go if they're thinking of visiting Missouri to go kayak fishing? The primary place I fish is in the Springfield area, generally at Rock Lake. That lake is a highland reservoir, so think super clear water, boulders, yeah. hundred fifty to you know hundred eighty feet in some places. Uh, Bull Shoals is real close as well, which is kind of a similar type of lake. Not a whole lot of docks, mostly just, like I said, deep, deep bluff walls and, and points and flats off channels and stuff like that. If uh, you go a little further to the east, Lake of the Ozarks is my home lake. That's where I grew up. That's a little less, It's I think it's a lowland reservoir, so it's a little less uh, deep. Uh, generally you're looking at 20, uh, you know, 20, 25 is like about as deep as you'll get on kind of like secondary channels. Uh, there'll be 60 in the middle, but you, you don't generally fish that. And they have a ton of docks, but they're not like the docks you fish in the South where they have the poles. These docks are floating. So a lot of, uh, cables and skipping and things like that, that you can do under those docks, but that's a good place to catch fish too. So um, those are the primary lakes I fish. You also have Palm de Terre and Stockton Lake, 
in the area. Grand Lake's not too far away. And, uh, as far as rivers are, are concerned, you have world-class trout fishery. White River, two hours south of me. Lake Tanicoma, their world-class trout fishery. I think it has the state record of 38 pounds, or maybe it's like the national record, 38-pound brown trout. And uh, we generally fish the James River in Missouri as far as rivers are concerned, or the Finley. So awesome fishing where I live. I like to call it the fishing mecca of the Midwest because all these famous places are you know, within two hours of me, um, depending on what I feel like. Yeah, definitely. And I, and one of the things that I appreciated when I went to, I mean, that old side, even though I just got barely to the border of Missouri, Arkansas, but what I really appreciated is just like you mentioned, world-class fisheries and not just bass. You got largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, you got trout, you got a whole bunch of other species, you know, typically being in Texas, you just got largemouth bass and that's it and crappies, but, and stripers too. But over there, it's, I think it's a wider range. And beautiful area. Ozark was an amazing experience just visiting that area. Very nice, very beautiful. I'm sure you would agree. <laughs> so, Brandon, what is, um, well, before we get into what is next for Dust Off Fishing, let me ask a couple of fun facts questions about Brandon as, as it relates to kayak fishing. Um, you ready? Let's do it. So, biggest, biggest largemouth bass. 5.42 pounds. Do you know the weight? The um, Not the weight. I'm sorry. The measurement? 22 and a half inches. That's very nice. Very nice. Uh, Smallmouth bass? 4.25 pounds, 21 inches. Nice. That's a nice one, too. Um, was that in Susquehanna? That one was in um, the Quetico province of Canada. Oh, North wow. Minnesota. Nice. Uh, deployment, I'm assuming, or vacation that time? Vacation, yeah. Nice. Um, you mentioned uh, you're, with New Canoe, you're limited. What is your favorite um, rod and reel setup? So I have a, uh, don't, tell old, don't tell old 18 this, okay? But I have, <laughs> I have a Champion XP by Dobbins crank and stick that's six foot 10 inches and it's on a, on a metanium hg uh, by shimano is on it and that is that is such a nice rod and reel i just it's hard to beat those dobbins crank and sticks uh, and that metanium is like butter so yeah it's a nice reel yeah what is your favorite lure to throw um a berkeley stunna 112 hanky panky. It's <laughs> a lot of names right there. <laughs> For those that don't know, kind of like what is that bait? Is that it's a jerk bait. Jerk bait. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, if you weren't fishing for largemouth bass or bass in general, largemouth, smallmouth, uh, what would be your next favorite um species to target? I would say uh, if I wasn't fishing for bass, I very much enjoy uh, crappie fishing. Crappie fishing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you um, do you fish for when you fish for crappies? Is it catch and release or just to always? I don't like to clean fish. 
Well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, let's see. Um, what is what was I gonna ask? I forgot the the next question. Oh man, I forgot what it was. Okay, favorite fishery. What's your favorite fishery? Table Rock Lake. Table Rock Lake. Nice. Um, if you can only pick one lure to fish, you only have fish one lure for the rest of your life. What lure would that be? Cinco. Cinco. Any color specific? Green pumpkin and black flake. Interesting. Green pumpkin and black flake? I never heard that one before. Cool. Interesting. Um, what's the worst bait or technique that you hate throwing? That you that you'll throw if you need to, but you just don't want to throw it. A Cinco. <laughs> Same thing. Wacky rig. Uh... Yo, absolutely. God, I have patience for that, but they get bit, so you do what you do. Yeah, definitely get bit. Uh, who was it that was on a tournament? I forgot the interview. Was it? Oh, I think it was the last Hobie BOS at I forgot um, South Carolina. Um, the winner, I forgot his name. Forgive, please forgive me. Congratulations to the winner too, uh, Nate um, from Ontario, Canada. I think it was, and all he threw was just wacky rig singles the whole two days. That's all the fish he caught, according to. Um, what he was telling on the KBN podcast, uh, you know, a tournament review. So yeah, it's it's one of those. If you're not a finesse fisherman, you know, but it do work. You know, I like catching fish. If the only bait I can pick is the one I hate throwing the most. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely. I can totally relate to that. All right, Brendan. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come up to the podcast. Um, I wanted to give you a shout. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance to do any shout outs. I know you have sponsors. I know you have friends and family that uh, kind of like help you um, with your social media and you're, you know, sacrificing um, their time with you to, you know, to allow you to be more time on the water. So if you want to take a few moments to thank who you want to thank, any companies or families, go right ahead. Yeah, so uh, thank all the hoodlums and hookset hoodlums, the cool kids, you know who you are. Uh, Third Eye Fishing, Max is the best. Uh, old 18, uh, Motion Robertson, awesome dude. Outdoor Vibe for my OGs. Tackles company. I'd like to thank my family and my wife and daughter, especially for, for supporting my habits here. I'd like to thank you for having me on the podcast. And I really honor, man. appreciate our conversation and getting to know you more. And I hope to hope to continue this as, as we move forward. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, again, man, my honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's like I said, a big fan of what you're doing on your social media account. And I know, uh, and I appreciate the time. I know with you either busy or you have time off and you're dedicated to doing the podcast. So I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, be on the podcast and introduce you to my listeners. So I'm sure most of you, most of my listeners follow you anyways. But again, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do. Um, wish you the best moving forward, you know, both with your career and your kayak fishing adventures. So looking forward to what's next. Thanks, Armando. Appreciate you. My pleasure. For those out there listening, remember, if you're going to be on the water, wear your PFDs. If you're going to have a couple of beers while you're out there, just make sure 
you res drink responsibly, stay safe. Um, and big thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Outdoors. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup, LRS, X Matrix, and Fly Fishing Rod. This is Bass Kai Computers on the Paddle and Fin Network.